broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of What's the Plan? Really excited today. We have the mayor of Pacific Grove, Mr. Bill Peak. Um, really exciting. The, the conversation will include topics such as the American Tin Cannery, the Point Pinos Path, which everybody loves, and many, many other things concerning Pacific Grove and the, the greater Pacific Grove area. But before we begin, let me uh, remind you that this program is sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. If your business needs help finding great staff, call Express today, 831-920-1857. Again, that's 831-920-1857. And I also want to put in a plug for our podcast and website, what's the plan monterey.com. You can listen to any of our programs going back to the first one on that platform. And in coming weeks, we have the mayor of Monterey, uh, Clyde Roberson, um, a former economic aide to uh, Ronald Reagan, David Henderson, a libertarian, and the uh, CEO of Landwatch, Michael Delapa. Th- those are all coming in the in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for those. It's going to be great. Mayor Peak, it is great to have you on the program. How are you today? I'm doing fine, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Glad to be here with you and your listeners. Great, great. So much going on in Pacific Grove these days. Um, I'm a resident of Pacific Grove. Love the town, uh, uh, maybe as much as you do, Mayor, because we really do (laughs) love it. We love the the whole, the atmosphere. It's a small town. It's just wonderful. And all the great work you're doing to help preserve uh, what makes Pacific Grove great. Let me start by asking about the American Tin Cannery. There's been a lot of talk about it, but it sounds like we've we finally got a way forward as a community and, and the 3D renderings I've seen on the uh, city site look beautiful. So uh, yeah, care to care to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I, I think that's a good way to phrase it there. It's moving forward. As uh, most people may know, uh, council had a six hour marathon meeting last uh, week where uh, the, the plans were approved and uh, Obviously, there were a lot of voices, very uh, strong supporters, as well as strong um, opponents. And um, I did my uh, my part was to help uh, strengthen some of the conditions of approval. So the uh, potential environmental impacts uh, hopefully won't be nearly uh, as dramatic as some folks uh, uh, think they might be. But uh, it's uh, next step uh, for the project, possibly going before the coastal, uh, the California Coastal Commission on appeal. We don't know whether that's going to happen, and then, uh, and then on to uh, questions and uh, finalizing drawings. Questions about water. So there's uh, there's still some some uh, actions that need to be taken to in the near future to keep this uh, moving forward. Yeah. The, I, the, the developer seems like they've been very cooperative with um, working with the city to plant new trees and things like that. And been very accommodating with the green roof and things like that. Um, and uh, it's <clears throat> according to reports anyway, it's estimated that it could bring in as much as $3 million in annual revenue. Um, would you like to comment on any of those things? Well, on um, <laughs> the $3 million revenue, 
in the Pacific Grove that uh, uh, is a sizable amount of revenue, and and that's uh, part of uh, the advantages of this project. The um, Comstock has proven over the last few years uh, to be a reputable firm. Uh, they've uh, um, all their promises have come to pass, and I've heard a lot of folks talk about their confidence in this company uh, doing doing the right thing and uh, putting forward a, a good project. Absolutely. Um, let's we can shift gears a little bit to some of the other uh, projects in the local economy, like the Holman Building. And there was an, there's a lot of progress uh, in that area on Lighthouse in the downtown area of PG. Um, can you talk about a little bit about all these new housing developments and things, and and uh, some of the decision making processes there, and the and and how you feel about a lot of that? Well, housing in itself is a pretty big topic. What's most visible today is the construction that's ongoing at 520 Lighthouse. That's the former Goodies site where we had an old gas station. And uh, that one is uh, still in construction. I We heard last night that uh, there were supply chain uh, issues that were slowing down construction. It They will uh, be uh, putting in uh, luxury condominiums. Uh, I will freely admit to to uh, concern many people that uh, we'd like to see some affordable housing put up in Pacific Grove. And in that uh, respect, we've had uh, quite a bit of success with people building uh, accessory dwelling units, uh, ADUs, and that's uh, been uh, a winner with a lot of property owners, homeowners. And uh, we were able to, actually the city we're able to make that happen by selling water entitlements, which came about from the water recycling plant. So there's some really good things happening in the terms in terms of housing. And uh, but we need to look further. Last night, uh, council approved this project home key uh, or approved the application to the state for a grant to purchase the a monarch resort, excuse me, Monarch Inn, a motel on Lighthouse Avenue, 1111 um, Lighthouse Avenue to potentially be converted into uh, permanent uh, uh, housing for homeless or near homeless folks. Um, that's something that uh, everyone agrees we need to get the homeless off the streets and into suitable housing. So that's uh now being worked on i does that will that purchase include the butterfly sanctuary that's adjacent to it uh, no it won't actually it's it's a motel it's a, about a, it's two blocks further west from the the sanctuary it's not it's not the hotel they have similar names one's monarch resort one's monarch inn uh, no okay, this yeah. one's this okay. one's further away Oh, that's great. I, I've uh, also heard now do I, I there's probably some public input from the other hotel owners there, but I'd also heard something about the old Mission Linen building uh, near the high school, uh, possibly a development plan for that to convert to maybe put in a apartment um, comp 
Plex or something like that? Uh, is there any news on that front? I I haven't heard uh, anything. There have been a lot of people that have uh, said that, oh, that would be a great site to put in uh, apartments, multi-unit residential. It obviously um, would have a substantial uh, number of water credits. So it does sound like a, a great place, but I haven't heard anything that's all, to my knowledge, conjecture. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. The I think the adult school is probably underutilized as well, but that that probably hasn't been considered either. Um, shifting gears a little bit to the local economy, what what are some of the stuff that you're working on with business owners? We maybe we can talk about the uh, the tax that's being proposed that uh, famously was ruled that the I don't know. Can you tell the story of the of the tax and what we're doing in the future to to kind of right the ship on that? Well, sim- simply put. Uh, in 2020, at the general election in November 2020, council approved a uh, ballot measure to increase the the sales tax by half percent, which would put PG's sales tax in line with the sales tax of uh, the neighboring cities. And uh, the the ballot measure was flawed. The writing was flawed, and. Uh, after it was passed by approximately uh, 60% of the voters, the state told us, no, we're not going to collect this sales tax. Um, the documents are um, inaccurate or we're wrong. And so what council's now done is put this measure back on the ballot, a special election to be held in April, put it back before the voters, same thing, half percent sales tax increase. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. and so far, was, yeah, we would assume it would probably pass by the same, same amount. Is that correct? Well, <laughs> your, your, your assumption <laughs> and forecast is uh, probably as good as mine. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, so hopefully, so now if, if this happens, I know the, the balance sheet, there was some worried going into COVID with, with the occupancy taxes and stuff, the, the reduction in the revenue, it seems like PG has weathered the COVID storm, at least revenue-wise, fairly well. And uh, and hopefully in the in the coming years, maybe even seeing a slight increase in revenues. And we've seen at least, I, I don't know if it was done on a bond, but the path, uh, that's one of the things that everybody loves. It seems like there's tons of developments down by like the John Denver Memorial, just the improvements to that path have been astonishing. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I, I will uh, give myself a, a small amount of credit for raising this issue back in 2012 before city council. And um, this uh, path, it's, uh, it's 0.8 miles. It's a little less than one, one mile and provides uh, decomposed granite, four feet wide, um, ADA accessible path uh, adjacent to, to the water and separates the path from, from uh, vehicles. And uh, this was a two, I believe it was $2.4 million project. Uh, you, you'd never believe uh, decomposed granite's expensive, but they, uh, uh, remade some of the parking lots, moved them higher, a little bit higher away from the water, 
And uh, I want to give uh, a shout out to the California Coastal uh, Conservancy. They provided uh, the lion's share of funds for this project. The city of Pacific Grove only paid $1 out of every $10 spent on this $2.4 million project. So, uh, so no bonds or anything. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. And um, I can see, <laughs> readily see that there are many more people walking uh, along the coast there today than uh, before the path. So it looks like already it's a, it's a success. Now, now, I don't want to gild the lily or, you know, uh, <laughs> or, you know, put too fine of a, you know, just ask for too much. But from Lover's Point all the way to, you know, the practically to the golf course, maybe you could say that could probably use a similar kind of makeover. Do you have a plan? I, I know the answer to this question, but we talk about the plan for that section. We don't have a plan, but uh, I surely have the same idea. Um, that you have, um, but we can do better there as well. Uh, maybe we'll uh, let the dust settle a bit and uh, congratulate ourselves on the Point Pinos Coastal Trail and get ready to do that section next. Yeah, I know. I know the parking is very some some illegal RV parking too. You might say along ocean, but uh, that parking closest to the ocean is there some consideration of using that for a path uh, in that on that section along ocean or would the removal of the parking there create too many um, problems or do you maybe prefer not to comment? <laughs> I did tell you the truth. There is new parking associated with the new path and it's uh, uh, ADA compliant and some limited amount of RV parking. Um, there's, okay. there's no uh, between Coral street and Ocean View Boulevard and uh, Lover's Point, there's no parking uh, except along Ocean View Boulevard. Well, there's one, yeah, there's between Coral and Lover's Point, there's there's no parking lots except for the small parking lot at uh, Sea Palm and Ocean View. Yeah, so, so the street parking, it would be, because what I'm thinking is from basically where they're putting in uh, that new seltzer company at point at the uh, at Lovers Point, almost to the to where you just redid the path. That whole area, there's almost no place to put a path except for in the street parking. So it'd be it'll be an interesting to see how that plays out in the in the coming years. But um, yeah, that's great. So um, let's move shifting gears a little bit. Um, you guys, the city, the council, and and you, the mayor have been really working hard on transparency. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that and your, and your progress there? I'm pleased with the progress we've been making. Um, in particular, we've uh, been putting more uh, financial reports, bringing them, putting them on council agendas, and then getting them online. I'm uh, working with staff uh, right now to put... Uh, to make the online reports clearer and uh, more intuitive. Uh, I think that's, that's just part of good governance. The other, the other part we also need to work on is accountability. We recently had a conversation about ensuring that 
we don't have cost overruns, no gotchas in terms of ex of uh, project expenses. And so we'll we're going to have that discussion, and I expect we'll change up uh, code and maybe policy so we have uh, tighter controls, fiscal controls. Mm. So uh, I don't want to. The, the library uh, just went under a renovation. My wife, full disclosure, is the children's librarian there. She absolutely loves it. Um, so, Mayor, what, what, what do you have to say about the new library? It, I, I, there's not enough superlatives in the dictionary to kind of describe it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, my single description is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so many people worked for so many years, a lot of donors, um, it was a great vision. It was uh, a three million dollar project. That house, oh, that's a lot of money for Pacific Grove. Um, the community was definitely behind it, and I, I just think everybody uh, sees what a beautiful result uh, we have. It's really uh, the library is really the cornerstone of the community. Absolutely. Um some other big changes. I know this doesn't necessarily involve the city government, but uh, you work closely with the Chamber of Commerce. And I know Mo Amar, uh, he just recently retired after a long period of time. And, and we have a new chamber CEO who I believe came from the Carmel uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, are you, do you maintaining that, that great close relationship with them? Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, I've just recently uh, met uh, Jenny McMurdo and uh, she's just, fresh, new as uh, um, the president of the Chamber of Commerce. So I will be working uh, closely with her. We need to, the city government and the Chamber of Commerce ideally work closely together to uh, uh, bolster our local economy and, and help our businesses, help our existing businesses and, and help invite uh, potential new business owners come come to town. So I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. I, I really, you know, uh, Mo has, uh, has a, such a fantastic uh, reputation. I, I uh, uh, won't go into to that now, but I, I've thoroughly enjoyed working with him and knowing him. And I expect he will be very uh, deeply involved in the community going forward. But then uh, his, his time has come to an end and I'm looking forward also to seeing some fresh, fresh eyes and uh, what the uh, vision Jenny has uh, for the future. Absolutely. Um, before, before we go on, actually, Mayor, I wanted to, um, I probably should have asked at the beginning of the show, but uh, for a lot of listeners may, may or may not be familiar with your past. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your history in PG when your current term is ending and if, if you're considering uh, uh, seeking another uh, term as mayor? Sure. Well, I've, uh, I've uh, been a homeowner for, for decades in PG, but um, only a part-time resident. But I uh, became a full-time resident in uh, 2010 and uh, immediately joined the recreation board, got involved uh, like the people, and the effort they were doing to help the community. I was elected in 2014 to city council, and in 2018 was elected 
uh, to mayor. And um, yes, I plan to run again. That would be my third term if uh, the voters so choose. That's great. And when will that, is that going to be, is that this year? This year? Yeah. Yes, it's 2022. So uh, now all the elections right back on the, you know, uh, even years in November general election. Yeah. Yeah. So the mayor is elected every, every two years. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, are there are there any other issues on the horizon for you, Mayor Peak, that uh, that you think you know maybe it's the attracting new businesses or anything? What um, I know there was some talk of uh, having a marijuana dispensary downtown. Mm. What what can you say about attracting new businesses? And maybe you can touch on on the outcome of that discussion. Well. Yeah, I've sat in and heard a lot of conversation about attracting uh, new businesses. And I think that uh, um, we haven't quite found the silver bullet there. Um, I know uh, uh, Moamar has uh, uh, made some suggestions to me. It takes the cooperation of uh, property owners, uh, the city being receptive uh, to um, to people exploring the regulations for new businesses, and then of course it has the uh, where we need to be rece- we need to have a very receptive government does receptive attitude with our existing businesses. So all of that, um, I'd like to see a program to help beautify downtown. I think we need to plant more trees downtown, uh, make it more attractive for a place. For people to congregate, that's one of the things. I uh, quickly, um, I have two uh, two items I wanted to mention. That upcoming for folks to think about. Uh, looks like council will be putting a marijuana dispensary on the November ballot, and it'll be a, uh, basically it'll be a yes or a no on on that particular issue. That and then, depending on the results of that vote, then council would uh, take appropriate action. And the other issue that's uh, it's been brewing for many, many years, but it's really coming coming up uh, now uh, with our diversity, equity, and inclusion task force is the uh, question about the feast of lanterns and. Uh, whether that should be approved or should be changed or or even dropped, it's it's an issue that the we need community feedback on uh, what is the appropriate uh, action to take for local government. Mm, yeah, that's uh, I, yeah, that was discussed last night for a little bit. I I, I believe um, interesting. Um, and those, if you're interested in PG politics, I do, if you just listen into the meetings, it's, it's often quite illuminating. I kind of enjoy it. Hey, can I, I, w- I did want to ask, I have Mark ask a question. I know he's, he's a Monterey resident, but, uh, he's always got interesting questions, but before, uh, open it up to Mark, is there, you know, the, the, um, a 55 year and older, uh, retirement community at the end of the paved portion of the path, there is, Legally, or as I've heard, there's legally, there is a right of way where the old train line used to go, but I know the members of that community are really uh, very sensitive to the path going through their community back over to the, to the, um, 
the, you know, to the golf course. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that or, or where, where that is? Cause it seems to rear its head almost like on an annual basis. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Well, I, I consider this, uh, issue, uh, done over with, <laughs> we, um, uh, uh, we went to court with uh, Monarch Pines uh, Homeowners Association, and uh, we discussed this at council in open session. Um, they, the city um, has no intentions of doing anything that would impact the Monarch Pines uh, mobile home park. They, um, uh, the right-of-way um, is the Homeowners Association. They bought that right-of-way from the railroad um, decades ago. Um, and uh, <laughs> people, if they're concerned about it, uh, the, the uh, residents, um, I would just say, please, um, this, this was already went to court um, and it's all settled. There's nothing that's going to happen to change the homeowner association. I, I think that's a great, a great message to kind of call it. Cause I, I wasn't sure if, if people were still up in arms about it. Mark, do you, do you have any, do you have a question for uh, mayor peak? I do. I have a couple questions for you and uh, thanks very much um, for being on the program mayor. Um, one question concerns elections. The other one circling back to the ATC regarding elections. Uh, we've seen this happen in Marina and now Monterey. Do you expect that the city of Pacific Grove will be forced to adopt district elections for city council? And then regarding the American Tin Cannery, if the Comstock proposal uh, gets the green light from the Coastal Commission and, and goes forward, Speaking of economic development, is the city making any efforts to contact the remaining businesses that are in the ATC and say, hey, look, if you want to stay in business, you don't have to leave Pacific Grove. You know, we've got space for you on Lighthouse Avenue. There's places on Forest Hill, et cetera, et cetera. Are any efforts going on in that regard to not lose any businesses when the big changeover happens? Right. Great question. So, uh, I've been following um, the uh, district elections issue uh, closely, not only for the city of Monterey, but the uh, Pacific Grove Unified School District is also uh, moving to district elections. And in that regard, yes, absolutely. I, I think it's coming to Pacific Grove. The only question is when I invited um, or I, I asked our city attorney to give a presentation on district elections to city council recently. And I've already um, uh, asked uh, Mayor Roberson if uh, there's someone there that would come to Pacific Grove Council and discuss what's been going on at, in Monterey. And I'll do the same thing for the school district. Our city council and the community, I think, absolutely needs to come up to speed if they're not already on what are district elections? What do they mean, and how are they implemented? Um, in regards to the ATC, I'm I'm not aware of any specific outreach um, efforts uh, to the uh, remaining business owners uh, at the ATC. <laughs> uh, my wife and I were recently over there. I think it was last week. There's there's hardly any businesses uh, left um, at that site. Um, so. Um, there's a few, and uh, but that's a great idea. I will, uh, I'll uh, actually communicate that to the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, that might be a better uh, place to do outreach. 
but they're certainly oh. very welcome. It would be great. It would be great. Um, uh, was it Pendleton, right, is the largest uh, retailer, I believe, at the ATC right now. I'd love to see them downtown Pacific Grove. We have we have vacancies downtown. I don't, and the electric bike rental and the CrossFit place, they they probably could stay somewhere, particularly the, I'm sure the electric bike place will go somewhere. Maybe, hopefully not to Cannery Road, but stay in, in Pacific Grove. But uh, but yeah, well, I th- I think we're out of time, uh, Mayor, but real quickly before we go, do, is there anything else we forgot about? No? Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mayor Peak, uh, thank you so much mind. for coming on the program. That was uh, phenomenal to talk to you. Hopefully you'll come back uh, maybe in a few months, six months to a year, and uh, we'd love to talk to you again. And I just wanted to say I'm Paul Wyan, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County. At Express, we can help your business find great staff. So give us a call today, 831-920-1857, or join us on the web. Just Google Express Employment Monterey. I'd like to thank Mark Carbonero, the producer, and of course, Mr. David Marzetti, host of the 9 a.m. Saturday morning Shagbag Radio Show. Thanks again to my guest, Mr. Mayor Peak of Pacific Grove, California. We'll see you next week, everyone. Stop.